Good morning, everybody. All right. I want to greet those of you who are watching in our campuses today as well, in Waterbury, Derby, and in New Milford. And also for those of you who are online, to our online campus friends, uh, greetings to you as well. Man, I hope you're ready to hear from God today. Yes. Like, isn't that why we gather? You didn't come to hear from me. No, we came to hear from the Lord. And uh, I believe the Lord has a word for us today. And I pray that wherever we are, um, whether you're online or you're here in the room today, uh, that our hearts would be open. In fact, let's pray that right now. Lord, I pray that you'd open our hearts to your word. Uh, Lord, that if there's anything that's not of you, Lord, let it just blow away. Uh, but anything, Lord, that you want to remain in our hearts and our lives for transformation, Lord, I pray that, that we just have hearts that receive it. In your name, amen. Amen. All right, the Lord's going to do some work today and some good work uh, in our lives today. We've, we've been in a series called Jesus Says. We've been looking at different places in Scripture throughout Matthew's Gospel where Jesus teaches his followers different things. And today I'm calling the sermon Be Aware. Be aware. Be alert. Be on guard. Be watchful. And Jesus, he gives us this word in chapter 7 of Matthew's gospel, verses 15 to 20, about being aware, being alert to something. Um, do you know that whenever you have a treasure, things like to try to get at that treasure? <laughs> Oftentimes, we, we, it's good practice to guard our treasure. And I want to tell you, we have a great treasure we have an amazing treasure. We should be walking this planet with smiles on our faces more often because we know Jesus. Because we've been saved, we've been redeemed, we've been forgiven, we have hope for our future, that we're gonna be with him for eternity. Man, we have a treasure in Jesus. And we should wanna protect that treasure. With all that we have, we should wanna protect that treasure. I remember about six years ago, uh, we took our family to Disney World. It was a lot of fun. We did Disney on a dime. If you want to know how to do that, talk to Becca. We figured it out. It wasn't quite a dime. That's what she said, that it would be about a dime, but it was more than that. But it was about as inexpensive as you can do it. And we went down to Disney, and we were at the Magic Kingdom. My kids were pretty young at the time. Their eyes are just like, they couldn't believe it. It's a magical experience. And I remember we were gonna go get a snack. And now, I, one thing you need to know about me is I love ice cream. Like, love it. Like, if somebody had ice cream right now, I'd be so distracted. I wouldn't be able to give this sermon. I'd have to, you know, get some of that ice cream, okay? Are you guys with me this morning? I'm just wondering, are you, like, are you there? Like, come on, okay? Listen, I don't wanna, like, scorn you or anything, but, like, come on, wake up, let's go. Come on, give me something here this morning, all right? Are you there? All right, we're there, okay, okay. All right, I know I'm talking about ice cream, but let's get excited, okay, about this ice cream. And so we're going to get ice cream at Disney World, and, and we're rounding the corner, and all I, all I hear is this kind of noise happening. <sighs> ah! Right? I'm like, what is going on? Over and over again. <sighs> ah! Now, the other thing you need to know about me is I hate birds. Hate them. Hate them. And we turn the corner, that was good, people are laughing, that's good. I'm feeling it now, I'm feeling it in the room. And, and I round the corner to the ice cream, and I'm, what I'm noticing is people are getting their ice creams, and as soon as they go to get it, there's these seagulls that are dive bombing 
people with their ice cream. It's like a war zone, right? There's like ice cream all over the cobblestone and everywhere. People got ice cream all over them. Children are crying and it's just like a massacre is happening there. But then amidst that, I see this one guy just enjoying his ice cream, just walking through the crowds as if nothing was happening. And I looked at him, I said, wow, this guy has figured out how to have ice cream in Disney World and be protected from the seagulls. He's walking with one hand with ice cream and the other hand with an umbrella. (laughs) And he's just walking through. And then all of a sudden I notice a bunch of people asking him where he got the umbrella. And all of a sudden the store next door is like sold out of umbrellas as people are walking and protecting their ice creams. You know, it's like they wanted an insurance policy on their ice cream, right? We protect the things that are treasures to us. I gotta gotta say, I think probably in our American culture, we're way too casual with our relationship with Jesus, where we don't protect it enough. And it's very easy for things to seep in, to, to come in, to distract us away from our relationship with Jesus. And so here what we have in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7 is Jesus saying, you need to be aware. You need to be at alert. You need to be watchful because you have a great treasure. You possess a great treasure. The good news is that you are forgiven and you walk with Jesus. You have a great treasure. Protect that treasure. And so here's what I want to share with you today. I want to share the warning that Jesus gives us. I want to share the dangers that if we don't heed that warning, what can happen. I want to share the strategy that Jesus gives us. I want to share the answer with us. And then I want to share a challenge with you. So let's start with the warning. Jesus is very specific about the warning here. He says, beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. Prophets, be aware of this. Be alert to this. Be watchful. There are going to be false prophets, false teaching that comes at you that's going to try to lure you away from who God is and your relationship with Jesus. Be aware of these things. Be cautious and alert to the dangers of these kinds of people, this kind of culture that's trying to draw you away from your treasure. I also think it's, it's good to note here that Jesus is, in one sense, telling us to expect that these things are going to happen. Be aware. Beware of these things. They're going to come into your life. These kinds of teachings, these words, uh, culture is going to draw you away from the things of the Lord. Don't be naive to this. It's going to happen. These temptations are going to exist in your life. So be alert to them. Be watchful for them. So when Jesus says, beware, this is a call to watch out, to be on guard, to pay attention. I have a new driver in our house. She's 16. Watch out. (laughs) Watch out. It's a silver Honda minivan, 2010. Okay, WTK something, all right? So look out. But actually, what I tell her so often is, McKenna, watch out. Watch out. As you're driving through town, you know, there are some bad drivers out there. Raise your hand if you're a bad driver. 
point to the person. No, just kidding. <laughs> you never want to admit it, but I've seen you out there. I've seen you out there. There's some people out there. And so be careful, McKenna, as you drive. It might not be you, but it could be somebody else. And also don't try to take those shortcuts that other people are taking and getting themselves into to bad situations. Be careful. Be alert. There's a lot of danger out there. And this is what Jesus is trying to warn us of as well. There's a lot of danger out there. There's a lot of temptation out there. Be aware. Don't be naive. Don't think that you can just handle it all on your own. No. Be aware. Be alert to these things. Jesus, he's very specific about what we're to be aware of, to beware of. He says, beware of false prophets. Now, that seems like very biblical language, doesn't it? What, what, what do you mean by false prophets? You know, I've never, maybe, maybe I've never met a prophet. No, you know, I don't, people, they're not wearing name tags. What's like, what is actually being talked about here? If we're called to be alert to something, what are we called to be alert to? A false prophet is someone who uses their influence to draw people away from the Lord, away from his truth, away from his ways, and ultimately, away from a personal relationship with Jesus. That's what a false prophet, when you look at the prophets in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God would give these words to people, and then those people would give them to the community. Those were called prophets. They were just giving the word of God. And their words were always given in order to draw people to the Lord. They might be warnings. Uh, they might be words of encouragement. But all these words were given to draw people to the Lord, not to propel them away from the Lord. And so a false prophet is any one or any word that comes that causes us to depart or be distracted from Jesus. A false prophet does not have to be a particular person in a particular position called prophet. It can be any person that's causing you to walk away from your relationship with Jesus or be distracted from what a real personal relationship with Jesus is. It can be any person using their influence to draw people away from the Lord. And it's also not limited to a single person. Actually, I believe we can apply this to how our culture can also draw us away from the Lord. Our culture can be living in such a way that it's sending a message to us, a word to us, that's not the word of the Lord. Come, come, be with us. Come, look like this. Come, live like this. This is how everybody's doing it. That kind of word from the culture can also be a false prophetic word. Here's what I think the main thing is. The warning from Jesus, I believe here, is more about the poison than the person. Jesus says some dramatic things about how we're to treat people, every person. An enemy, we're to love, we're to forgive. So we know our position on people. Our position on people is to love people, no matter what, with the love of Jesus Christ. He demonstrated it in the very best way on the cross for each and every one of us. That's our role, is to love people. And so really, I believe the warning here is less about the person and more about the poison. <laughs> Beware of the poison that some people in your culture can sow into your lives. Be aware of that, be alert to it, be watchful of it. 
This was not a new problem. Throughout the Old Testament, we see the Lord warning his people about false prophets. If you read the book of Jeremiah, much of the book of Jeremiah is this warning of, of these false prophets. When you look, when Jesus comes on the scene, he, he talks several times about false prophets and false teachers. And in Matthew 15, you'll see it. In Matthew 24, you'll see it. You see Jesus speaking out against the Pharisees in this way. They're evildoers. They're speaking falsely about the kingdom of God. And so you see that this is not an, a new problem, and it's a current problem today as well from people speaking things that aren't true to the gospel message. And we need to be aware, be alert to these things. But Jesus, he's drawing the people's attention to a specific problem within this. He's saying, listen, what's gonna happen here and what's happening here is that these false prophets are going to look a lot like you. They're gonna be like sheep, uh, wolves, but in sheep's clothing. It might be hard for you at first to discern what is what. I found this, this animal that, that you should go and YouTube when you get home because it's absolutely incredible. I thought a chameleon was really good at changing colors, but this here is an octopus and it's called a cyena octopus. The cyena octopus is able to change colors in an instant, in an instant, just like that right to its uh, location, and it can change even its texture as well. So it can blend into anything. In fact, it's so good at this is that it can actually mimic clouds passing over it. It's unbelievable. It's like an LED screen on the ground of the ocean. And this is what Jesus is warning us of. He's warning us of people who can mimic, who can look a lot like the kingdom of God, who can look a lot like people who are speaking on God's behalf, can, can look a lot like, and maybe be enticing, but they're actually false prophets. Be warned. That's the warning. Let me share a little bit about the danger. Here are the dangers of falling into false teaching and false prophet, prophetic words. Jesus gives two metaphors in this passage, and here's the first one. He talks about how false prophets are wolves in sheep's clothing. They skillfully blend in with those around them, but they're really harmful to the flock. Now, as a farmer, <laughs> yeah, I've got five goats. So as a farmer, if I see a wolf out with my goats, never am I thinking to myself, oh, that wolf's just looking for a buddy to hang out with, right? That, that, that wolf's just looking for, you know, a, a new friend. No, what I'm thinking is, I gotta get that wolf out of there because it's gonna devour my goats. There's only one reason a wolf is in with the flock. It's there to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the wolf is there for. You don't have to wonder. Here's the dangers of false prophetic words, false teaching, our culture seeping in to the way we should live as, as Christ-centered people. Here are the dangers, three that I'm gonna point out, and they're all severe. The first is this, is that when false teaching comes into our lives, it distorts our picture of who God is. Secondly, it distorts the picture of who we are as the children of God. And third, it distorts and it dismantles our mission in Jesus Christ. These three things 
are, are critical in our life. And if, if any of these things are distorted, what it leads to is despair, hopelessness, fear, anxiety. Because when I have a wrong view of who God is, now I can't trust him, and I'm fearful. When I have a wrong view of who I am as a child of God, now I don't think I'm valuable and I'm worthless. And when I don't understand my true calling and purpose in this world, well then, I'm walking around aimless. Any of these three things, distorted, given a wrong picture, is detrimental to who we are. False prophets teach us things that are contrary to the gospel, the good news. Let me give you a few examples, because I don't want you to just sit in ambiguity here. I want to give you real tangible examples of what I'm talking about. And, and I want to give you, because there, there's false teaching that's been given in the life of the church globally, and there's also culture that has seeped in. And I want to give you an example of each. And maybe you're even living with this. And I, I pray that as I share this, maybe for some of you there'd be some great freedom today. Relief. Maybe you've been living under a false truth. It's, it's not really true. Let me give you a couple examples of teaching that in the past, in the life of, of the church globally, this teaching has seeped in and it's caused great problems. First is this. The first false teaching is this. That salvation comes through your good works. That you're saved by your works. Have you ever heard that before? Maybe some of you have been taught that before. It's not true. It's not true. Now think about if you adopt this teaching in your life. While I'm saved by my works. Now all of a sudden I have a distorted picture of who God is. God's just this, you know, this headmaster kind of up there. You know, this taskmaster. Making sure that I do everything properly and right. And if I don't do things properly and right. Well then he's going to disown me and have no interest in me. Now let's take a picture of ourselves. If I believe that I'm saved by works, well now I'm putting all my energy in making sure that I'm the absolute best human that I can possibly be. And now I'm even looking around at you going, wow, are they better than I am? And there's this competition here because we're trying to earn our salvation. And at any moment where I fail, which you're gonna fail, now all of a sudden I feel this tremendous guilt and this overwhelming shame in my life. And now I apply that to my mission in this world, to be the light of the world. Well, forget it. I can't do that. I can't even keep up with trying to be good myself. It distorts everything. Now, we know that's not the truth. I hope you know that's not the truth. You are not saved by your good works. We do good works because we are saved. <laughs> but we are not saved by our good works. Paul's very clear on this, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus, not by our own efforts. <laughs> Praise God! <laughs> Praise God! Praise God, it's not by our works. But when you're taught that, it distorts everything. Let me give you another example of false teaching that's fed into the life of the church globally. There's this teaching out there that there's a VIP list for the presence of God. Only the very important people get to be in the presence of God. Only then. And with this teaching now, all of a sudden you believe, well, I've got to go through another person in order to get to God. 
Now with this teaching, you're led to believe that you can't really have a personal relationship with the Lord. Somebody else, a professional does that for me. That God doesn't care to meet with me personally. Now look at the picture of God that you have under this false teaching. <laughs> well, God's not approachable. God doesn't really know me. He doesn't want to know me. He wants to know the professional. Now all of a sudden, what does that say about myself? I'm not good enough. That there's a hierarchy to the presence of God. Uh, now I'm thinking to myself, well, I'll let the professionals do the work of the Lord then. And I'll just stay completely out of the mission. You can see this, how this false teaching, it, it destroys everything. But we know that's not true. We know that even Joel, before Jesus came, said that all people will be filled with the Spirit of God. And we know Jesus said, hey, listen, wait here until you're filled with the presence of God. And we knew in that room it wasn't all elite, perfect people. <laughs> it was not. And we know on the day of Pentecost, the Lord came and he filled every person who believed in Christ Jesus. That there's no hierarchy when it comes to the presence of God. God is present with his people who surrender their life to Jesus. He fills each and every one of us. Praise God. This is why I said in the beginning, we should have some smiles on our faces because we have the presence of God. Let me give you another example. And this comes from culture. I could give you lots of examples here. Many, 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 many. Let me give you one. And here's one that I think maybe gets overlooked sometimes. But there is this, and I'll give it just one word. I'll give it the word consumerism. This is a part of our culture. This is one of the ways that the world has led us in believing that the very best life is the life filled with the most stuff. Right? We, we battle that in our culture. So you, the very best life is the life with the most stuff. But we know that actually what Jesus teaches us is to surrender all things to him. To dedicate everything that we have to the Lord. This is why it was so hard for the rich young ruler to give up his things. He couldn't. And he left away, going away sad. Jesus is saying, listen, no, I want you to dedicate all things to me. That actually the greatest freedom, the greatest enjoyment in life is when you dedicate everything that you have, every gift, all your time, your finance, all these things, back to the Lord for his kingdom work. This is where the greatest blessings are found. And so our culture's trying to teach us one thing when Jesus is trying to teach us another thing. This is why we need to beware, be alert, stand guard. I love how Jesus, he gives us the strategy. He says, listen, I know that these things are gonna come into your life. You're gonna be tempted, drawn away from the good news. There are gonna be false teachers out there. And so I'm gonna give you a strategy. This is how you're to recognize the danger. This is how you're to scout out what is good and what is bad. I think if I weren't to be a pastor, um, which I'm not considering by the way, but if I weren't to be a pastor, there's another job that I think I'd really enjoy doing. I'd really love to be a scout for a professional sports team. I think that would be a lot of fun. I don't think I'd like all the travel, but I think that'd be a lot of fun. And so I've, I've read up a little bit about really good scouts. Now, a really good scout goes in and they, and they find an athlete. 
but they don't come back. Let's just say they're going back to, you know, the Yankees and they're like, hey, you know, listen, I found this, this ball player. You got to check them out. Oh yeah, tell me about the ball player. Well, they can lift a lot of weight. I mean, they are the strongest person I've ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more. No, that's it. That's all I know. They're like really, really strong. Well, tell me, have they ever gotten any hits? You know, nope. They've never hit the baseball ever before. <laughs> No, you're never gonna put somebody like that on a team. They actually have to show some fruit. They've gotta show that they're producing something. They can't just be the strongest person on the planet. Doesn't matter if they can't hit a baseball. They've gotta show it. In one sense, this is what Jesus is saying, is this is how you're going to know who's who in the kingdom of God. They can't just look the part. It's actually gonna be through what their life is producing. And so this is the second metaphor that Jesus gives here. He gives the metaphor of two kinds of trees. They both look the same from the outside. Seems hard to determine which is good and which is bad. But one tree is good and one tree is bad. And Jesus tells us the way to determine between the two is by the fruit that they produce. The strategy to identify what is false and what is true is by looking at the fruit. Now, praise God, the Apostle Paul outlines in detail what to look for. I want to take you to Galatians chapter 5. I want to read some of this for you. And Paul teaches by comparison. This is an ancient kind of way that, that, that folks would teach, and it's still a good way to teach. Give one side and then share the other, and this is what Paul is doing. Let me read you several verses, starting in verse 16. Paul says, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. He's already comparing and contrasting. There's the flesh, and then there's the spirit. The flesh goes after the worldly things. The spirit goes after the things of God. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. You see that battle, that war. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now Paul goes on and he shares, this is what the bad fruit looks like. This is what's going to come out of the false prophet's life or the culture that is that living in an ungodly way. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Very specific list, right? Very specific. Sometimes we can read a list like this and just read right through it and go, well, I'm glad that's not me. (laughs) But when you look at it closer, you say, okay, is anything creeping into my life? Idolatry. Is there any word that's been given to me or anybody that's leading me in a way that's making anybody but Jesus Christ the one that I worship? Or how about hatred? Man, is there a group of friends that I'm I'm around that are just sowing seeds of uh, words into my life that are causing me to, to hate a particular kind of person? Or how about discord, dissensions, factions? Is there anything that I'm believing right now that's causing you know, discord, dissensions, factions among us? Or how about selfish ambition? <laughs> I'm sure all of us have our moments of real selfishness. We're easily deceived 
And these things can creep into our life. But then Paul gives the contrast. He says, here's what good fruit looks like. In verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what the good fruit looks like. This is what should be produced from our lives as we follow Jesus. Let me conclude by doing two more things. I wanna give you what I believe is the answer to being aware of false prophets, false words, false teaching, a culture trying to lure us away from the things of God. Here's the answer, and then I wanna give you the challenge. Here's the answer. If we really wanna protect, here's the umbrella over our ice cream. Here it is. In John 15, verse five, Jesus says this. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bears much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. The answer, the way that we can keep watch, keep guard, and be aware is by abiding in Jesus Christ. I found that in the Hebrew, this word abide means to marry. I really like that, to marry. It's, it's to, to have this covenant with Jesus. Jesus, where you go, I'm going. Jesus, what you say, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna follow you, I'm gonna obey, I'm gonna walk with you, I'm gonna abide in you. This isn't just a, a, a one-time hit with you every week. No, Jesus, this is me faithfully walking with you. I'm gonna abide in you, I'm gonna abide and learn from your word, I'm gonna listen to you, I'm gonna seek your face. It's in this abiding relationship that we keep guard, that we keep watch, and we're made aware of things trying to attack our relationship with him. So here's my challenge to you. My question is, I wonder, are you aware of anything in your life right now that is acting like a false prophet? Anything, anything pulling you away from Jesus, his truth, his ways, his call in your life. I was reminded of the story of Nehemiah, and this is what I wanna leave you with. And Nehemiah is called by God to go back to his home city that had been destroyed, Jerusalem. And he was called to rebuild the city. But the first thing that Nehemiah does when he gets on the location is he takes a group with him and he surveys the walls and he prays. He walks the walls. He wants to see everything that's really taking place. And here's what I wanna challenge you in this moment. I wanna challenge you to survey the walls of your life. Are there any weak places? Are there any places that, that the, the evil one has gotten into where these false words have, have broken the threshold and began to influence your life? I wanna challenge you to take a walk and take inventory. Walk around your friendships and ask the Lord, Lord, are these good friendships that I have? Are these friendships that are leading me closer to you? Walk around the things you're watching and you're viewing. And ask the Lord, are the things that I'm putting in my eyes, which then lead to my heart, are these things that are drawing me closer to you? Or are these false prophets, false teaching, luring me away from your kingdom? Ask yourself that honestly. Walk around the things that are motivating you right now, the things you're putting your time into. And ask the Lord, Lord, are these good motivations? Lord, Lord are these things that are leading me towards you or away from you. 
Walk around the relationships you're in, your work relationships, the relationships you have with your neighbors, with your family members. And ask the Lord, Lord, is there any place, are there any words coming into my life right now that aren't of you? Take a walk. Walk around the view that you have of other people and ask the Lord, is this your heart for this person, Lord? If it's not, correct me, align me to your way and your will. Lord, I'm taking a walk. I wanna, I wanna invite you to take a walk this week, friends. Take a walk and ask the Lord to reveal anything that's maybe crept in that should not be there. Praise God that he walks with us. Praise the Lord that we have a Jesus who wants to teach us his truth, who wants to free us from the waves of this world and bring us into his kingdom. Praise the Lord that he has such grace in our lives and he actually wants to reveal himself more to you, more to you right now. And so I pray that as you take a walk that he'd reveal these things to you and that you'd have a deeper walk with Jesus than you've ever had before. But be aware, be alert to the fact that because you have this great treasure in Jesus, it will come under attack. But don't be afraid, no need to be afraid, because you've got the power of the Spirit that goes with you. So I pray that this message has been helpful to us. I pray that it's been a warning. I pray that it's been a challenge to us to step deeper in our relationship with Jesus than we ever have before. I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.